So on the first thing, if you can either become more hellish of a creature or more humanly as a creature. So what about like people who don't believe in Jesus that are, they don't have themselves as like the center of their life? Because there's some people like that. I would be curious to know why they think they're not the center of their I mean, maybe universe. they don't think it, but you know, like... I see what you're saying. Explain! Like... Someone who's living... Somebody who's, who's not like a Christian, but they're like... They're living a good life. They're hospitable. For, they're generous. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, like yeah. thinking about others all the time, and they're like all about helping people. Sure. And it's not... And it's like actually genuine. It's sure. not like just because I want to look good for somebody else or something. Right. I think a question I might have would be, something's at the center... It may not be a conscious, like, I am the God of my own universe, but there's something there that's not Jesus. Yeah, I think that's Just it. something. And it could be just their own altruism. It could be, you know... I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around, like, how that, that would, would be, be becoming that more of a hellish creature. Right. I think... Because that's still... They could still, like, be loving and caring and all that good stuff. Right. I think it... I think what how I would respond to that is again you become what you worship. So if your focus isn't on the optimal object of like so if your focus is on Jesus who's the truly human one it's hard to know if you're moving in a direction that you're becoming more human because the your your target what's your target? Maybe that's the question. Is what's your target for I mean, becoming more and more human. Yeah, that's my. Now, it's a good question. It really is because I think a lot of people listen to this, you know, or our listeners may know people that, you know, well, it's it like the one thing there are that, people that like, do, yeah, like that live good atheists, lives. Sure, yeah, or who like non-believers want to talk about is like, well, what about all the people that are like genuinely good people, but they just don't either like know about Jesus or they haven't sure. like either heard about them or they're right. just like. I don't know about that, but just because that one decision is just like, well, you're no longer that, good. Well, I then think, I think we've said that. I think we've said this before. You know, at the end of the day, God's going to do the the right thing with people who haven't heard of Jesus. And at the end of the day, it's not just the one decision. That's yeah. where I want to push yeah. back against that idea of thinking that you oh, have I'm good to, make to go just, one just because decision. I made I had the right knowledge and made the right choice with the knowledge I had at one point in my past. The question you should ask is, every day, who is my king? Who am I worshiping? And I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis here. It's the quote, maybe, I don't know if this was what you're going for. And I'm just saying, he says this, not that he's making, this is in a, this is in the Great Divorce, so it's not like a, you know, some kind of doctrinal right. specific thing. He's just saying. Helpful commentary. Yeah. He said, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to, the, to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell, choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek, find. To those who knock, it is opened. Now, again, I'm not making any kind of dogmatic claim about what that means. And for those who are thinking, I mean, even if you think about the way he paints the picture at the end of the last battle, we don't know the motivations of someone's heart, and God does. And God will do what's right. And, and I think that that's where we... We need to be careful. I, I would never want to pronounce the judgment on somebody because sure. it's not my place. But I do want to affirm what the Bible teaches in that Jesus is the only way. 
Right. He's the only way to get on the road. He is the road. He's the way. Without that, there will be no life, eternal life for someone. How that plays out in their own experience and, and how God works with them, I don't know. We don't know, yeah. Yeah, so I, I want to be careful there, but I do want to also affirm there is the real possibility of missing out on that. And another question I would want to ask that person, how good is good enough, right? How, would it, how, how good is good enough? And that's where you have to you have to realize that none of us are good enough. I think that's the... the no one has done enough good. And if we don't have that, if we, if we think that we can earn it, if we think we can do something, then we're missing out on we're missing out on the gospel, that we were helpless. And I think that that's part of the, the, the idea of, oh, you know, I'm doing enough good in my life, I'm doing enough things that are right. That way of thinking is still orienting on, I'm doing enough good, I'm doing enough right, and not Jesus has done enough for me. And, and that, that point of truly surrendering to, without him, I have nothing. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the thinking of like, I've done enough good kind of thing. It's just the idea <laughs> of, that I'm thinking of. What are you? What are you? So, um, more the idea of, hey, I'm a decent person kind of idea. I'm not a bad person, or I'm. I'm well, if they're not not necessarily consciously thinking like themselves, more of like a kind of third person. What about this person over here? That's that's looking at somebody else saying, hey, they they seem like a. Nice chat. I would be curious. Well, that's like they're they're not doing the things that we would think that makes you a more hellish creature, I guess. So yeah, that's right. interesting because so then that throws open the question of like what kind of behavior represents one trajectory or the other. And I'm gonna so th- I guess it's the idea of like if there's two paths, is it possible for somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus to go down the right path? Let me can I add a, yeah. a layer to that too. Sure, because then you get in the conversation of babies and right. those that die, you know, toddlers that die. And, you know, what's the quote? Someone told me growing up, and I don't know why I always believe this, but like someone said 11 years old is the line that draws. No, I heard that. I heard yeah, that it's like 11 years up, old yeah. is the line that God draws. Like until you have until you're 11, it's like that's... Which if you think about it, your prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed till you're 25. <laughs> so when it comes to making decisions... 11 is pretty funny. You really have till 25, right? right? And I'm like, eh, that's a good, But I think it ties in there too. It's like, I think with like the child conversation, that's just trusting God. Trusting God with what he's going to do with that, yeah. you know what I mean? Because obviously, baby in the womb or a toddler is not going to accept Jesus because they, like my nine-month-old cannot. In, 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 in any way that we understand. Or that we understand, right. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where, it's good, just because... That's a good point. Yeah. It's yeah. the simple... I mean, who knows, man? Like, yeah. I, I, But God's going to do what's right, right. and what's good. But and, I think and, it's... And, but I, I was going to say, it could, I wonder if it could tie in with that and, and just trying to... Not trying to be heretical or anything, but it's like the person in some remote country that the gospel hasn't reached, it's doing good. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is this is what we trusting God to do. What's, there's yeah, a, this is what we see. Interesting. Yeah, go ahead with the Tash thing. Yeah, you know the whole idea that at the end, if you haven't read the last battle, you get to the end of the last battle and see Lewis paints this picture of a guy who was not worshiping Aslan, but was worshiping Tash, which is this false god. But he was doing it. In and a I, way I, that was very since, and yeah, and he was basically chat. I mean, he was you know told you were worshiping, but it, it, he, basically at the end, Aslan counts the service that was genuinely done to this idea that he had to him to, to mm. Aslan. Now, granted, this, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is this is a but. There's also so yeah, that's kind of the situation that I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, again, this is a fiction book. C.S. Lewis was very clear in in 
in a great divorce that this is all just sparking away. We think about it. He's not making a dogmatic statement. Right. I think Paul though does say there are degrees of judgment, both and rewards, based on, but specifically with the judgment side of things, with the knowledge that you have. Well, and also I think there's biblical precedent too of like people that thought that were doing things. Like for God, a couple of quotes. Well, no, in the Bible Jesus work. said no when he sends out the seventy-two and they did all this and they came back. They're like, should we stop these people who were doing this not in your name? They're like, no, whoever's not against us is for us. It's like you're building. That's an in, that that what Jesus does there is he is is a he reconfigures what teams are on what side and how money's and what's going, going. The, the bank right. Oh, so I think Jordan, like the question you're asking is good because yeah, there there are people on the planet whose lives very much look like Jesus's. Yeah, it's like their hearts like, are right. But well, they, we don't know that. Well, we I'm, I'm saying also in, the, that, in this I, hypothetical situation, sure. like if somebody's heart is right, but they just haven't made the decision explicitly, like, Jesus is my savior. Sure. Again, like... but Because they're kind of like doing the best with what they got, and right. for well, whatever that's, that's reason, what they've kind of concluded the resurrection might not have happened or something like that. Well, would they... Well, if they... Well, if they yeah, I feel like that's a different situation. Yeah, we're, if you're bringing we're, Jesus into it, and they're rejecting that. I feel like that's a difference. Yeah. So what Justin said about yeah, doing, I guess the kind of argument is just on, based on that one. Thing. So you're thinking of like a just a what like a Western person, not some like remote area person who has never heard of God. Yeah, because that's one situation. Okay. I kind of get that. But I'm going to read the okay. Tash quote here because this is obviously way better said. All right, just for context, this is the last battle. It's the last battle, and this is a guy who's been a worshiper of a false uh, god named Tash, is encountering Aslan, who's the lion, the glorious one in, in the story, okay? Representing, in C.S. Lewis' mind, obviously God, Jesus, okay? So he says this, Then I fell at his feet and thought, Surely this is the hour of death. For the lion, who is worthy of all honor, will know that I have served Tash all my days and not him. Nevertheless, it is better to see the lion and to die than to be Tishrock of the world. That's something from the book and live, and not have seen him. But the glorious one, Aslan, bent down his golden head and touched my forehead with his tongue and said, Son, thou art welcome. But I said, Alas, Lord, I am no son of thine, but a servant of Tash. He answered, Child, all the service thou hast done to Tash, I account as service done to me. Then by reasons of my great desire for wisdom and understanding, I overcame my fear and questioned the glorious one and said, Lord, is it then true? As the ape said, that thou and Tash are one. The lion growled so that the earth shook, but his wrath was not against me. And he said, no, it is false. Not because he and I are one, but because we are opposites. I take to me the services which thou hast done to him. For I and he are such different kinds that no service which is vile can be done to me, and none which is not vile can be done to him. Therefore, if any man swear by Tash and keep his oath for the oath's sake, it is by me that he has truly sworn, though he know it not, and it is I who will reward him. And if any man do a cruelty in my name, then though he says the name Aslan, it is Tash whom he serves, and by Tash his deed is accepted. Do thou, and he says, do, do you understand? And I said, Lord, though knowest how much I understand, but I also said for the truth of um, yet I have been seeking Tash all my days. And beloved, said the glorious one, unless thy desire had been for me, thou would not have sought so long and so truly. For mm. all find what they truly seek. There you go. 
So now, granted, again, that's not scripture. Is that like KJV C.S. Lewis? Yeah, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know exactly <laughs> why that was. Uh, Vows and noics. Sorry, I didn't mean to take away from the message there. Yeah. But, but either way. Yeah, some, explain it, sum it. I mean, so the idea there is that anything that's truly good, that's done good, is done for God, right? And now the question... It's kind it, of, it kind of, it's parallels the old idea of all truth is God's truth. Yeah, and, and, it's the and, same kind and of, all good flows from right. God and is to God. But on, on the other hand, all right. lies and, and... And I think we mentioned in episode two, like, and it kind of ties to this conversation, of like, anytime you're doing good, you're putting currency into the good bank. Right. Like, you are building the kingdom, even if you're not even intention to, if you're doing something good. Right. But what I would never say, and this is where, I, and again, you know, this is not Lewis coming up with a... Theology. I mean, he's obviously writing a fiction story, but it's provoking thoughts. The only way is Christ. He is the only way. Now, how that plays out for someone in the jungles of the Amazon, I can't necessarily speak to that. But we're called to go... How that that plays out to someone in in the urban New York City, how that plays out to someone, I can't... I just know this. We are called... To go tell. Yeah, to go and tell and to commit... More every day to Jesus, our lives, and and, and so how God works out the how right. that all happens for population so X, Y, and Z. Then it's that's, more like somebody can follow Jesus without n- recognizing that they're following Jesus. Is that kind of yes and no? The idea it's hard. It's I don't know. What we can say yeah. I, yeah. I would want to say it can get illuminated to you. I would want to say that again. In the end, God will be the one who passes the judgment, not us. But we also, I think, need to be careful. And honest with our and 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 we know. I mean, here's the thing. I know myself. Yes, I was going to go there. I can look in the mirror and know, man, I am pretty jacked up. So I'm not saying everybody else is as bad as me, but I want to presume that the world's pretty jacked up because of people. Because a lot of people are probably just they a can't lot look like, themselves in the mirror. And right. Say that. Yeah. Right. And and the, but the reality is what we perceive. Oh, someone may be good is our perception of that. What God God sees all, and God sees true. Right. So, what He sees of someone, and the, again, this is the, the here Aslan knows every work you did. If it was truly good, was done towards me. I credit that is a good thing, but God's the only one that can see that. So, I think it would be hard for us. And I'm not saying it can't happen. I, I would want to affirm again. Christ. It's like it's like what uh, the in the Gospels where you had the two men, the one guy went the Pharisee was like, "How I'm not like one of them," and then you have the guy who said, "God be merciful to me, a sinner," mm-hmm. and he said, "This one, the one who said God be, is the one who walked away justified." So yeah. Yeah. it's again, it's uh, it's a recognition. I think I mean even take the guy at the end of his life who's done all the bad things, the murderer hanging next to Jesus, who in a moment. Just recognizes he sees I, himself for who he really yeah. is. I've got Lord, one better than that. Go ahead. Hercules in God's Not Dead, right after he gets hit by the car, his whole life. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. God's in Not Dead. Moment, one, two, one, two, or three. In that moment, he goes, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. haven't seen that one. But the idea is, Boiler alert, Jordan, he gets that's hit a good by a car. A but the idea, though, it's a, yeah, it's it's a good, good question, question, though. But at the same time, I would want to ask, you're who, responsible for the knowledge yeah, you, that you have. If you are hearing that Jesus is king and that he has given everything for you, are you following him? Are you committing your life to him, or are you living for yourself? Or are you worrying about other people that you think are good and that well, actually be like them? And I'm not... And I'm, I think that's just like the hard part is like, 
say you live in Western culture or somebody tells you like this dude died for your sins, mm-hmm. like resurrected from the grave and all this stuff. Somebody hearing that for the first time would probably be like, that sounds like magic. Okay. For one thing. And right. like, that sounds like hokey. Okay. Right. But, but I would want to push back. Well, the world may be different than you thought. It may be stranger than you thought. It may be, it, it may not be exactly as you've imagined. But see, then you're, but what you're doing there is you're tying it in with the story, like the series we told versus just saying, Stranger danger, magic. Yes. There's sins that you, but, you're sinner, and so th- which is I true. Think it's helpful to illuminate that the person who would say that there's a different narrative there mm-hmm. that needs to. We need to. We need to put those against the wall and discuss the merit yeah. of this narrative versus right. this narrative. And I would want to say to that person, in in a, in a kind way, you're trusting in your understanding and your intellect. You're trusting that your understanding of the way the world is and, and is more true to reality than the way I see it. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. doesn't mean that I'm right. But it you does... You just got to get there. But, you got to go to that place. Yeah, but it. But I would want to say to the person who is just thinking, okay, I can do enough good or whatnot, why are you so hesitant to not take Jesus seriously? Oh, why are not, you even, so- not even just the enough good thing. It's more just like I would picture myself in that situation. If somebody told me, like, this dude sure. rose from the dead, I'd be like, what? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. That sounds weird. Yeah, it is. It sounded weird to the people that heard it, but they yeah. believed it. So I would be curious I about I guess, why that I guess the like, hard thing to swallow about that is like somebody, their way of kind of like analyzing and thinking, God gave them this way of thinking, maybe like a logical kind of like scientific kind of mm-hmm. way, and they're like, that goes against everything I know about science, so I'm not going to believe it. Well, you know, if, be, if God exists, right. then if he gave them that way of thinking, then they were just yeah. like, well... Well, my question to him... That seems weird to me, so I'm not going to believe it. My question would be, well, do you realize that you just didn't develop your thinking by yourself? Someone gave you what you think. Like, you don't... And there's a lot of really smart people that have come to different conclusions. Well, yeah, we're all a byproduct. Our worldviews are not made in a vacuum. And that's... it's it's, Tim Keller talks about this. He's like, if you're a skeptic, he's like, the most healthy thing you can do is be skeptical about your own skepticism. Because... You need to come to the point where you're like, there actually may be a sliver of reality that I'm not quite sure about, that I don't quite understand, that may be worth my attention. So, I say, what does that mean, skeptical of your skepticism? So, if I say X and you have doubts about X and you perpetually have doubts about X, think about why. You need to think about why am I actually having doubts about yeah. X? Yeah. And I, because yeah. I want to say, because there are here. forces at play that are happening <clears throat> without <clears throat> your choice. And there that are, you need to be aware of. Same thing for the believer. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. who's at the table. If everyone can be honest about their own assumptions and presuppositions about whatever's mm-hmm. on the table, that's where you get constructive dialogue about what what re- what you really want to talk we about. We tend to think there is... When we think of sin, for example, we think of sins revolving primarily around actions, right? Something you do wrong. Mm-hmm. But we tend to think there's no such thing as intellectual sin, but I think that's a mistake. I think. What do you, that, what do you mean by that? I mean there is think there's patterns of thinking that can actually be sinful, that can be influenced by sinful forces, and it can be leading you down a road that the wages of which will be death. So we need to examine the way and why. Like Philip said, why are we thinking the way we are? So if if someone is coming up, I, okay, this sounds hokey. This sounds magical. Okay, well, where's that coming from? Why do you think that way? Mm. Let's look at it from that first, and let's see what are your presuppositions. Because the world doesn't work that way. Well, why doesn't? Why don't you think the world works yeah. that way? Well, like, because I've never seen. Oh, okay. 
You know, I mean, you could you could have Trey, you seen? examined every inch of reality to nail as a fact that the world can't work, that right. people can't come back from the dead. Well, not in my experience. I'm like, okay, so now you're right. elevating your okay experience and, and your intellect over everyone else's, and or or there may be other forces at work. You may say, hey. I can't believe that because it sounds hokey. And if I believe that, what will people think about right. me? Because I'm educated. And I'm... And, yeah, okay, well, then all of a sudden, you're now looking... It's about you again. It's about right. the way you're perceived and how you how you then want to be looked at. And and I hate the thing of... I've heard people say all the time, it's like, you know, I trust these smart people and they don't believe in it. So, like... And it's like we all do that, though. But there's so... look. I mean, look at C.S. Lewis. Wright, John Walton, those are Isaac. Uh, C.S. Lewis, those are Isaac. C.S. Lewis, like, think how many smart people... On the flip side... Have faith yeah. and believe in God. So yeah. that's not intellectualism that's is not, not like, an argument. Yeah. I don't run into that a lot. Okay, good, I, good, good. I good, like good. these kind of talks. Again, another thing we could talk about here is that every person has a set of faith commitments. And I mean that. Like faith the, isn't only for the religious. No, it's not, not at all. No. And and this is the person who wants to maintain that Jesus didn't rise from the dead because it's hokey and magical and God therefore doesn't exist or whatever. That's a faith commitment just as much. And you can say, well, I have science on my side. Okay, I, ha- I-, I would argue I would argue, well, I have history on my side. I have history. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily that or if it's more like we were given science, I guess, to kind of like make sense of our reality. Wait, we were given world. science. Who were we giving it by? Why not? That's what I'm saying. If We're not talking at you, Jordan. I'm just saying, if you... <laughs> who, I know, I'm trying Who to gave us science, Jordan? Sir Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, was science something that was given to I, us? I'm, or thinking, science something I'm thinking that of just... this as like in terms of like if God exists, then if He gave us the tools to like figure out reality and stuff, and we do the best that with what we were given with that, and we come to the conclusion of like, well, since if God exists, if you, if God exists, then resurrecting one man from the grave should not be off the table. Well, oh, I think sure, the, I but think if you don't Jordan, believe in God, well, if you don't believe in God, oh, then right. you then we then who gave you science? You see what I'm saying? Uh, that going back to that, that's why I want to say, oh, if we were given science so we could think properly. You're arguing for the perspective of God. Really? Yeah, you're arguing, okay, well, where is what is science? Well, that's more in terms of like, if God exists and he gave us these tools and then we just came to the wrong conclusion through these tools. And At that like, point, you're just is, blaming God. Is that God, our though. fault? Well, you're blaming Probably. God. Probably. You still believe in God in that scenario. Science is just yeah. a tool to make sense of reality. We know that science is always, it's a self-correcting Way of oh yeah, and it, and it has a, and it has a but it'd be like the science. So like the science now at the time, if you don't believe in God, would be <clears throat> something's not going to come back alive. But only be dead. But that's only what the science based would say. on the. But if science yeah. science isn't the only pathway to knowledge, that's very what like math oh, is yeah. another way of knowledge. Uh, philosophy, philosophy, art, like science can't speak to resurrection because it can't so, prove it. Yeah, I think, science, well, science, and also you can say this too. I mean, okay. De- science will say dead people don't come back from the grave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Science yeah. would say that, and I would. I would say that too. Yeah, except in the case of one. Yeah, and I have good reason for it, and I have good reason to think that there is an exception. One exception to that. We don't have scientific reasons for it that we're we have access to. We do. God have good, very well could have used, but we do have mm, histor- science to do it. We do sure. have historical I reasons. I get yeah. historical I be- reasons. Yeah. yeah, I believe that a man's Heart stopped beating for three days, you know what I mean, and then it beat again, and that he walked out of the grave alive. You know, I like uh, what Tim Mackey at the Bible Project said. He said he has a hard time believing in God, but he doesn't have a hard time believing that Jesus rose from the grave, and thus he doesn't have a hard time believing believing in in God. God. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think... Because of history, the proof of... She's the evidential argument for the resurrection. Which I find to be very persuasive, personally. If you came to the conclusion based on like your observations or something, just because that's how somebody's wired to think. Because of the culture. And they, they came to like not believing in Jesus because they're like the resurrection goes against all this other stuff yeah. that like my main focus is like science and like this is the observable kind of thing. And like that one decision, like screw somebody up to go to hell for the rest of yeah. eternity. But it's not, but at just, some point though the they decision. chose, Oh, I thought we were not oh, they, no, at, keep it. at some point though, they chose that science would be the only lens they see reality. And right. that choice is what caused them not to even entertain options right. that are beyond that. And it's not the choice. Again, I want to be uh, it's clear. It's not that that ch- one choice and by one choice means not not entertaining Jesus's resurrection is what sends them to hell. Yeah. They are walking down a road already continually. So it's more that their heart and the center is putting science in the place of God. That sounds like it. Yeah, or yeah, I mean if for that person the hypothetical person you're yeah. painting a picture of, yeah. And in the end they will walk through the door. And I, I, well, I guess it's like putting their faith in science more than this. Yeah, right, right. Anything and saying, else. yeah, and saying, God, you haven't given me enough. God, you haven't given me enough to believe you're there. And he, and then Psalm 19, the heavens scream, declare the glory of God. Like this idea that God exists, creation declares it. I mean, and then beyond that, then we can then look at the testimony of the New Testament and what we have. And if someone wants to go through life and say, I'm not going to entertain that at all because science doesn't give me that option, well, then maybe I need to not put so much faith in science here. So, not that you're saying... So I'm, not saying be... I'm not saying science is not useful. I'm not saying science is bad. Oh, right. But I'm saying science does what? What is the goal of science, the purpose of science? I to, don't know. Makes sense of like our observable... Bingo. The reality. natural world. The materialist is going to say all there is is the natural world. But that is a claim that science cannot investigate. It's not equipped oh, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get all. So the, so it's that's so why I say it's a faith commitment. So the would be more towards like instead of trying to persuade somebody that way with like I don't know logic and reasoning. I guess it'd be more towards like, okay, well maybe you can find other truths outside of mm-hmm. what science can tell us. There are other truths outside of what science can tell us. And I think yeah. So like, you can use science and stuff, but. Science is a useful tool. But it's only one tool in the tool belt. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And also, I would also caution against, at the end of the day, I don't think apologetics, which is what we're doing here, is really that useful in winning people to the faith. I think it's really useful in helping people in the faith understand challenges to to Christianity. But at the end of the day, someone like this hypothetical person, I, I really believe it's going to take a... It's going to take... Um, God working in their in their heart, something in their life to where they come to a point and it's, hey, maybe there is something out there bigger than myself. Maybe there's something and, and until a person gets to that point, really I'm not saying apologetics is also good at removing roadblocks, but it's really not the best tool for converting someone, so to speak. Right. Oh yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Is like well, instead the, of trying to logic your way through it and like apologetics and stuff, more just being like, well, maybe there's Maybe science can't answer. Yeah, everything. and maybe the uh, maybe it's a possibility. It's a possibility that God exists, and if God exists, then yeah, we I have think to. That's the, that's then the we, hard part is that it's like if you're claiming God exists and stuff, or 
Jesus resurrected from the dead, then you, the burden of proof is like on you because you're making the claim. There's that whole yeah, sure, but situation like again, well, I, the burden of proof could be it's equally on both. So the skeptic has to say that you have to eliminate all possible reasons why God might not. Yeah, and, and for the for the skeptic, I would say you're saying your claim is God doesn't exist, and then I would want to simply say then you not just have to explain why God might not, but also explain why we have anything, explain why you exist, explain why the universe exists. Because what you're going to have to do at that point is either say, well, actually, the really only option left to you at that point is to say the universe has always existed. And then at that point, you've just replaced God with the universe as a form of God. And people do. And people, that's the only, philosophically, you have to go down that road. But I mean, you see, you see what I'm saying? And, and at that point, you're making, there's no way. There's no way to prove that. There's no way for the person who wants to say God doesn't exist, but has to say the universe has always existed to prove that. And they, but they're going to have to say that. Because if not, it's, it's logically inconsistent. You, it will break down. Cause and effect will break down. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. think when you're dealing with someone, really anybody, whether they're of faith or not, or there are a lot of things at play in someone's resistance Yes. To Jesus becoming more heavenly, you know, like everything, all the language you've been using. You know, there are intellectual reasons, there are social reasons, there are emotional reasons, you know, and you really, Tim Keller talks about this in Reason for God, that you really have to be able to appeal and help kind of uncover the, you know, the wound or or the, the thing that is, you know, the thorn in that to convince someone because it's not just intellectual. It's, no, it's right. so much, it's so multifaceted. You oh, know, they yeah, could have sure. had a That's bad probably... church experience. They could have, yeah, their parents could have abused them and they said they were Christian. You know, there's yeah. like they so what, much they there. They see what Christians are doing nowadays. That, exactly. And but, so, but at the core, I think there is a uh, maybe one reason that is at play with a lot is maybe with everyone is that's the desire for autonomy. Like this. Yeah, no, you can't ignore that. We right. want to be our own gods. Yeah, going we back want to Garden of Eden, going back to the. And we just don't want to answer to someone. Exactly. exactly. And the nature of Christianity says you have to submit to Jesus as king. Yeah. That's the call of the Christian to take up the cross and submit to someone other than yourself who now gets to call the shots and trusting that he's actually knows what's best for you. And a lot of people don't want to. Right. Bend the knee. <laughs> Bend the knee. <laughs> well, did you like that? Did I do a good job weaving that into? Okay, never mind. That's Philip. You don't get the joke. Yeah. But really, I mean, honestly, think about what Paul says in Philippians. Every knee will bow. Bend the knee. Or every every yeah, skeptics I mean, and ever every. The idea that at the end of the day, everyone, as a human, as a human being made in the image of God, everyone will recognize who the true King is. Yeah. yeah. And some would say that's a text that can prove universalism, but no, no, no. It doesn't. <laughs> Bowing can be not willful. <laughs> that's true, but the text doesn't illuminate whether no. it's willful or not. Right, yeah. right. But it doesn't have to. It's like the time in high school when uh, I saw a fight going on, and this one person wasn't going down, so this other cop hit them in this part of their back where they went down on their yeah, knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you know, <laughs> and I was like, dang, that was awesome. And that but was like, her like crap. But in that moment, like, I think, you know, in that moment, you there, will see. For some, it will be a moment of utter in, joy. In ter- yeah, some it will be utter despair. Despair. Yeah. Well, I will say, I don't think that it's probably not best for your ministry to go around going throwing hellfire and brimstone. I think that it's probably not the best way to... What I would push back against people who feel like that is 
the most constructive way of persuasion when it comes to your God. I, I don't know if they're even... Two things. I don't know if they're really doing the gospel justice. I don't even know if they're doing hell justice. Oh, yeah. No. I don't think... I think or if their motives are justified. That, well, yeah, we don't know that. But I, I think it's... Yeah. I think it's more about them than it is about what it needs to be. Right. More about them saving souls. Yeah. Yeah. But I also want to, on the flip But I applaud their courage. Yeah, sure. On sure. the flip side of that, though, I also want to say, I don't think it's helpful for your ministry to go around and avoid right. the reality of final judgment. Sure. Sure. To, to, to say that, to kind of just not deal with that because it might be stepping on people's toes. Or but people a, use it as a way to pad their stats, so to speak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not abuse. And I'm, I agree with everything you said that people who go around and just, you know, you're going to burn in hell, boy. Like, like that's probably the, not the best I way. I love how we automatically attribute that to people with a country accent. But the idea that we need to, we, we need to be ready to talk. There, is, there are consequences. There are consequences of the one decision you make of trusting in Jesus or not. That is a life. That is a life lived. So the consequence of every decision is taking you down a path. Mm-hmm. Listen to this quote really fast by C.S. Lewis, because this is the retrospective, and this is from The Great Divorce. He's talking to this guy and having a conversation. Uh, talking about your present state, understanding eternity. He says, you can get some likeness of it if you say that both good and evil, when they are fully grown, become retrospective. Not only this valley but all their earthly past will have been heaven to those who are saved. Not only the twilight in that town, talking about hell in the gray town represented in the great divorce, but all their life on earth too will be seen by the damned to have been hell. That is what Mm. mortals misunderstand. They say of some temporal suffering, no future bliss can make up for it, not knowing that heaven, once attained, will work backwards and turn turn even that agony into a glory. And of some sinful pleasure, they say, let me have but of this, and I'll take the consequences, little dreaming how damnation will spread back and back into their past and contaminate the pleasure of the sin. Both processes begin even before death. The good man's past begins to change so that his forgiven sins and remembered sorrows take on the quality of heaven. The bad man's past already conforms in his badness and is filled only with dreariness. And that is why, at the end of all things, when the sun rises here and the twilight turns to blackness down there, the blessed will say, we have never lived anywhere except in heaven. And the lost, mm. we were always in hell. Mm. And both will speak truly. Wow. Yeah. But that's just a... I mean, that's philosophical. But well, I think we could say... <laughs> I think we could say this in conclusion, that hell yeah. is a reality. Hell yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Hell is a reality but it's a reality that's definitely been influenced by our culture and it's a reality that the images of our conception exactly. of it our conception been. of hell has definitely been influenced by our culture and also by cultures that have come before by us. the middle ages and things like that yeah. exactly mm-hmm. exactly especially when you get to the imagery of the devil and all that that comes around in, in the Dante's middle inferno ages all yep. that yep and also that the bible doesn't speak as much to it as we would probably like it to. It, it Jesus definitely speaks to it. But the information that the Bible provides is enough right. to, to make you realize, make I don't point. want that to be my destiny. To make the point. I also think because of that, though, it's like I don't know if that should be our focus, since the Bible's focused on that, not that, that we shouldn't bring it up, but because the Bible doesn't focus as much as then we should probably focus on I think on it, should, it should be in our periphery. Yeah. As we are going about our lives, our working, raising our families, like yeah. relating to people, like it is in the picture. It's not the full picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you take that quote by C.S. Swiss there, talking about vocation, 
in a sense, hell in its fully grown form is the total rejection and abandonment of the vocation you were given. Yes. Well, you now like, have embraced Which that. is the it, full de- dehumanization yeah, of... Yeah, you are now you. a beast. Could you say it like this like to your kids? Hey, I don't want to see you go to jail in your life, so let's focus on these things in life. like Affirming the reality that jail is a place you'll go to in life if you break well, the law. Yeah, but think about somebody typically doesn't... It, somebody doesn't end up in jail like this. Think about it this no. way. You end up in jail, why? Well, because you've done a thing that broke the law, right? But how did that happen? Well, you probably before that thought you could get away with a few things. And even before that, it all goes back to a small decision that happened that then spurned another one, that then gave birth to something else. And all of a sudden, you wind up in jail because you've made a string of bad decisions one after the other that led you to that place. In the same way, I think that's what hell is. Yeah, hell. So the death penalty in the punishment system on earth is like annihilationism, whereas Hell is like solitary confinement. Uh, That's funny, yeah. And so in a lot of ways, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the imagery, but I think whatever the imagery is, it bears witness to what is utterly undesirable mm-hmm. in, in within our human experience. Yep. Yep. You are so, undone as a human. Yeah, in every possible capacity, psychologically, emotionally, physically. Physically, yeah, all of it. All of it. And yeah, it's not yep. good. <laughs> that, and that's so, why that's why I think the, the the statement that Paul makes that sin leads to, to death, death is a way to understand it. The fact that sin breeds sin, and then it's like, okay, I told a lie. Okay, well, it's easier now to tell another lie. And then all of a sudden, oh, you can justify it. And then all of a sudden, you now are it's easier who, to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It it, it does. It, it it builds its status right, 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 until right. people don't, you know. Think about the worst person, Charles Manson. I don't know. I'm just picking him out of the air. Think about he didn't wake up one nope. day and decide to just go murder or tell people to murder people. No. Nope. But that's where he ended up because of the decisions he was making right. that were on a track towards a reality that he's far from what God envisioned a human being to be. Yeah. And and you look in the mirror and you say, What road am I going down? Yeah. And again, this isn't about weighing the scales of good. No, and bad. it's not. This is about who's who. Who are you becoming? Are you becoming like Jesus yeah. or not? And that's the thing. If Jesus is the true man, the then image, for yeah. us to actually be on the right path, we need to look at him and yes. say, I need to follow down that road because he did it right. right. And he enabled, and through God, through the Spirit, enables me to actually make a step and another step down a road that leads me to look more like Jesus. And if you're on the, if you're on, if you're becoming conformed into a hell or a hell creature, a heavenly creature, i.e., the image of Jesus, like that is not your undoing. Like that is right. the work of. God, right. like and, that's, but it is still you're you're it, participating. Yeah, you're participating yeah. in it. There's agency. Yes, a benefit of the cross is yes, we get eternal life with Jesus and we avoid hell, but that's a benefit to what He actually did, which is restore relationship back with God. So, well, yeah, and think about it. That if we talk about life, what is life? Life is something that is God's the giver of it. The, yep. the whole idea, theologically, divine aseity. Life is something that is an attribute of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for those who are rejecting God, you're rejecting eternal life. Mm-hmm. It's because not like you're, hey, you're rejecting the who has it. You're rejecting the one who is life. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I would say, yeah. I mean, like C.S. Lewis, I think, is is just like Justin was saying, C.S. Lewis isn't scripture, but he definitely opens up our mind to kind of reframe things and to rethink things. Oh, yeah. So oh, maybe yeah. this hopefully this conversation might encourage you to be a if if maybe you're like have a super dogmatic position about hell, maybe like opening your mind up a little bit to see like maybe if you there's think, more to it than you realize, or maybe right. if you think it doesn't exist at all, yeah. well, maybe you need to reexamine that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So 
Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you guys want to learn more, you can go on our website at thegoodbrewpodcast.com. Follow us on social media at Good Brew Podcast. We are on really Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook, but let's be honest. No one uses Facebook. You're not anymore. on Facebook either. <laughs> so. yeah, I don't know. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, no. so, guys, again, thank you so much for listening. It would be really awesome if you guys enjoyed this conversation or have enjoyed our conversations, or if you're thinking you're going to enjoy conversations we're going to have in the future. If you would leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice, that would really mean a lot to us, help us out, help us get noticed. And if you're like me, then you forget to do it a lot. But I just want to ask, hey, don't be like me. Don't be like Mike. Be like you and do it. That would be awesome. Just do it. Just do it. I, I must say this. We, we have to promise our Good Brew listeners that we will. It's coming. Don't unveil. Bug. You know what? Actually, actually, I'll say this. I'm monthly subscriptions were every two weeks, so I probably won't have a new bag by then. So let's plan on trying to do some Dunk Bucks. Dunk Bucks should be the Duncan Starkin. reward system. That's that will be on Dunk Bucks. Starkin. That's pretty Starkin. cool. Starkin is cool. Hey, because Tony Stark and Game of Thrones, we're tying it all in there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Justin Harris. Until next time, goodbye from the good brew. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>